This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. We have our technical man, Ronnie Martin, getting us all set this morning. Uh, Chad Gerke, uh, what, what would be the title of the person who's over the Murfreesboro Airport. Airport director. Director. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be totally up in the air today, which we are a lot of, uh, anyway. Uh, but we got Larry Williams on, and if I think most people, what was the name of that movie where uh, the guy landed in the water in, in uh, New York, the plane? It was totally just... What like, was the name of that movie? A, a miraculous movie. I mean, yeah. it was unbelievable. I think it was mm-hmm. Sully. Wasn't that the name of the movie? Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's what it's it was, Sully. Sully. And, and uh, he had to go through all kinds of uh, rigmarole, you might say, to explain why he landed uh, in the river. But that was the only thing he could do at the time. Yeah. And then he ended up saving all those lives on the That's the correct, plane. yeah. I, I, I was ta- was it? I think I told Ronnie. Uh, we, uh, I talked to J- uh, Jimmy Taylor, you know, the admiral that started Top Gun and all those other things, and he said that guy is his hero. He said nobody else could yeah. have landed that plane. It was just unbelievable. Well, he had no choice. Uh, that's what he said. He said we can't make it back. We're taking it in the Hudson, and he went right over the last bridge and yeah. got in the water before he got to the next bridge. You've probably seen that movie three or four times, haven't you? Yeah, once or twice, yeah. Yeah. But I don't get to go to theaters free like you do. <laughs> you want to continue on? I, I, I can take a But I do get a senior discount like you do. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have been as FAA a... What what was your title back? You almost said F F A, didn't you? Like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's close. My title was aviation safety inspector, and I was yeah. a supervisor for about the last twenty years or something. And like you that. could put planes back together after crashes. Uh, you you pretty much knew what happened with that plane, uh, whichever one you were investigating at the time when it went. Most back. of the time, yeah. 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 Um, how in the world do you? get the uh, ability to put a plane back together after after it's been totally demolished? Uh, Training and experience. Because you were trying to explain it to me, one of the planes (laughs) that we were out there, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) I don't, it's it's almost like uh, your mind works at a different level when you're Yeah, well, you can tell 
where it hits and how it hits, and, and sometimes you can tell whether the if it's a prop, whether the prop was developing power or not. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. But, uh, uh, Chad, uh, you've gone through a lot of different situations. <laughs> <laughs> Look at there. He's already getting that big smile uh-huh. all the way across his face. He's, um, he's blushing, too. Yeah. Good thing we're not on TV. Yeah. <laughs> uh, running an airport is not easy because everybody <laughs> looks at it differently. Absolutely. And, and I can tell you, uh, had Roseanne uh, uh, Barton on yesterday, uh, Roseanne Hughes, uh, mm-hmm. and I live right next to them mm-hmm. on Eventide years mm-hmm. ago and thoroughly enjoyed living over yeah. there. And at night, a lot of times, I would get in my pool and get on one of these little uh, things that would float, and I would look up and watch the planes go mm-hmm. over. And to me, I guess everybody's different. I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. I, it. It was just something that was added that I hardly ever saw when I was out right. in the country and, and those type things. But what is the biggest complaint that you have to deal with? Just <laughs> go right to the core. Right. What is the biggest complaint that you get from people who would be living in Murfreesboro? We get the noise complaints uh-huh. in low-flying aircraft, yeah. and that's that's the biggest complaint that we get. Uh, so how do you respond to those? Well, first we I ask uh, what they observed. Because yeah. that kind of gives me a clue as to what kind of a situation that they were. What did they observe? And then, and then I then I do try to find out where they're at because depending on where they live around the airport, kind of tells me uh, was this aircraft landing or taking off or where was it in in relative to the location of the airport. Yeah. And uh, from that, I can kind of demise what uh, if they have any type of description of the aircraft. I can try to zero in on what they were seeing yeah and uh so much of it right now is with the flight training so it once i explain the uh the pilot shortage uh nationally uh and that a lot of these are students that are learning to fly and there's a huge uptake usually people are understanding at least they know what that was it wasn't someone that was just is that a buzzing around thing to say them is there's most, a lot of them are students <laughs> that are learning to fly. I, I think that, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that uh, uh, MTSU does have a good safety record. Uh-huh. Um, I think that the aerospace department is is well uh, recognized, and and so I feel like in Murfreesboro, people do have a um, at least some understanding of what that program is. If you're new to Murfreesboro and you didn't know that MTSU had an aerospace department, which sometimes I do run into, uh, then then it does take a little understanding. It's, it's a 50-50 thing. Some people just want to know what it was, what is going on. And if yeah. they understand that, and if I, I feel like if we can be um, – informative and education you know give them some education of what's going on it seems like they they leave the conversation in a little better posture than when they came into it um some are just going to be mad and yeah. and uh that's there's nothing i can i could do more about that um but i do try to be um i do try to at least explain i first listen and then try to try to answer their questions as best i can you can, you can also add that that it's a it's a really positive influence with all the people that are learning how to 
to fly correctly, all mm -hmm. the safety measures that are used at the time. And many of those uh, uh, kids, they go on to greater things, whether in the military or, or uh, flying with some of the great airlines around here. It, it's, it's really, you, you do a great service right. for not only uh, the community, but also the country. Absolutely. I, I, I enjoy when uh, students come back to Murfreesboro to visit, and uh, they come back to the airport because that's part of their home mm -hmm. is the airport. They, they lived a lot out here at the airport and on campus and maybe at Toots and some other places. But uh, back at the airport, um, they come back and, and they share with us, I'm flying for United, I'm working for the FAA, I'm an air traffic controller, I'm you know, I'm a mechanic for whatever airline, and 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 they tell us where they've been, yeah. and some are uh, domestic pilots, some are international pilots, and they're they're going around the world on a regular basis, and uh, the different places that they stay, and the different places that they see, and the different people that they meet, in their lifetime is an amazing thing, and it's a it's a wonderful career, if you're interested in travel and experiencing the world. And uh, those different things, and meeting people from literally all over the world. And do the students? I presume that they they get some type of record where they become legal pilots and all the the hours that they would put in and mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, how long does it take? How many hours in the air and all these other things? What all is involved in flight training? Well, that's that's where the FAA comes involved, <laughs> and they set the standards on that. So Larry can can explain the different hours and certifications that yeah. these pilots well, get. Well, basically, to get a commercial certificate, <clears throat> it's about 200 hours minimum. <clears throat> they can get it a le less time if they go to an approved school like um, MTSU. And uh, that's just the commercial certificate. That means you can fly for hire. You can uh, take someone up for a passenger ride. You can tow banners and things like that. And uh, before you can really get a job flying, like for a small air taxi operation, you have to have about 1,000 hours. And most of those hours, most people get it by being a flight instructor. Yeah. Because you build up time, and you really learn by watching other people make mistakes, and you get paid for it. And that all takes – I got my commercial certificate in about six months. What year was that? <laughs> 65. Oh, my goodness. That's back when this was outside of the city limits. You were yeah. probably patrolling back then. <laughs> Deputy Sheriff, <laughs> did you? <laughs> I got a lot of smart. You know what? Um, so you were in back when the Vietnam War was just getting started. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I graduated in high school in '64. Yeah. So, so to to go from what you had learned here in flight school to maybe go on to the um, the jets and, and all those type of things, fighter jets uh, primarily. <laughs> uh, you you didn't have to do that, did you? No, no. I, I got, I, I lucked out, I got a job in Nashville flying for a jet uh, a, uh, distributor or, or he sold jets. Mm -hmm. Back then they were called jet commanders, they're, they're West Winds now. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, 
they needed co-pilots, and I was a good co-pilot there for a while, and then I became a captain. So uh, one of my students and I were flying jets before we were old enough to rent cars. We'd go places, and we couldn't rent a car. You had to be yeah. 25 back then. So. Bless your heart. You, But you decided to go in, in with the FAA. Which you you have to be a highly qualified, certified pilot to even get into that business. Yes. But but but, but there are a lot of other things involved in it, and uh, it, it it it's something that's going to take up most of your time as far as the education process of that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I don't see how in the world you guys do it. I mean, I really don't. You were uh, you were nice enough. To bless me with some of the things that y'all did, <laughs> it was hard for me to understand it. To be perfectly honest with you, yeah, because of of the way that the aircrafts that I've seen that have uh, gone down in the county, and uh, a lot of them, to be perfectly honest with you, it looked like it was nothing but just plain bad luck with some of them. Or yeah, <clears throat> most of it is human error. Most of those are pilot errors, and a lot of it involves. Um, bad weather yeah <clears throat> but we've gotten a lot less accidents for a variety of reasons a lot of pilots now have instrument ratings they can fly IFR yeah and because of education they don't push the weather as much as they used to and you got a lot better weather reporting <laughs> and uh, the uh, the airplanes now just the little airplanes over here across the street have all sorts of avionics that airlines didn't have a they're few much years safer, ago they're safer aren't they oh yeah I remember one, and I can't remember if you worked it or not, but at Salem, where the poor guy uh, had uh, smoke coming up in yeah. his uh, cockpit. Yeah. And uh, it was an open field over there where he was going to land, except there was one tree over That's there. That's right, yeah. And I still remember it just like it was yesterday. And yeah. I said, it, this was nothing but uh, bad, bad luck. Bless his heart. Yeah. Because he couldn't see the tree. <laughs> You're right, yeah. <clears throat> the, the the passenger in the back had the back door open trying to get the smoke out and yeah. couldn't see it. And it was due to some mechanical. They just worked on the airplane and something wasn't repaired correctly and uh, yeah. the turbocharger overheated. <clears throat> and you're, What you're telling me is the planes today, the aircraft, are so much safer today. Yeah. And, and with MTSU uh, uh, having uh, pilots that are uh, learning, mm -hmm. uh, it makes it a whole lot. Murfreesboro, I can't remember a craft ever going down in, in the city of Murfreesboro. Am I right? No, we have had some in the uh, uh, right around 2000. We had a couple that did go down. Um, uh, one off of Dover was was one that uh, was a flight training uh, on the Fourth of July around 2000. Yeah, uh, that was one accident that uh, I, I can't remember what the uh, cause of that was, but uh, uh, I think the official cause was <clears throat> it was overweight and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and maybe not developing the power like it should have or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but you guys really work on that, don't you, Chad? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Larry talked about the education part yeah. of it. 
the the safety briefings and the and the safety is just it's just constantly uh, these pilots and that's one thing about this industry that uh, uh, the pilots whether we're talking about the student pilots or pilots uh, aircraft owners that are pilots um, they're constantly reading up and talking about and sharing uh, with each other different scenarios and, and, and things that they've learned or experienced or whatever. Uh, we all learn from each other, and that's a, I think that's the strength of this industry. Now, you uh, was talking about the pilots. You have a lot of old pilots mm-hmm. that go over, uh, Larry's one of them, <laughs> that, that go over and have uh, uh, coffee and, <laughs> and donuts and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Do you ever have people come over that are not aviators that maybe want to come in and and learn a little bit more about what goes on with all the aircraft flying mm-hmm. around Murfreesboro and and how safe it is and what all you do mm-hmm. to to make it uh, uh, a place where you always try to work with the community. Mm-hmm to make things better as right. far as the relationship. Right, right. Tell Ab- me a little bit about that. Absolutely. In, in the old terminal, uh, we had little picnic tables out front, and a lot of people would come in and just sit and watch, grab grab some lunch and bring it to the airport. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we took advantage of a, uh, uh, a young gentleman that was doing his Eagle uh, Scout project, mm-hmm. and uh, he built some boards. And the boards talked about the just different parts of aviation just some basic things yeah one was how pilots speak the different terms that we use you know you talk about larry talking about an accident or aviation and not understanding him well we we this gentleman made a board and used some of those phrases and explained them he put in the 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 alphabet how we talk about you know how we name our aircraft and use the you know alpha bravo charlie all that stuff and then he had a picture of the inside of a cockpit, and he explained what all the different instruments were. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one was a, just a drawing of an airplane and the different parts. Oh. And uh, I think that was really great, not only for the children that came through, but even adults were, were interested in that to try to understand. And uh, oftentimes we'll have the Unicom radio on over the speakers so that you can hear the pilots talking and and listening to what they say and how they communicate and so we're trying to incorporate that in the new building and and we have this beautiful overview of the airport and uh so those things are kind of coming into being in the new new facility to to keep that education going so that you do understand what is going on at the airport in this new industry and this thing that people aren't usually exposed to even if you fly uh out of nashville or wherever it's it's a very sterile environment, and you don't really understand what is going on. You just know you're boarding the aircraft when they call your group or your yeah. herd, and then you get on the aircraft, and, and then you go off. So uh, we try to explain what's going on. A lot of them, uh, a lot of people don't understand uh, what General Aviation Airport is, what what happens there, because uh, it's very. You can understand the airlines. You pay to get on an airplane. You know, there's money exchange for that. But at General Aviation, we don't have that um, commercial service. So what are all these people doing? And uh, that's that's what we try to share with people and explain what's going on here at our airports. Because they're, they're an economic asset to our community. There's a lot yeah. of business being exchanged. Um, so what is it all? Now, do you keep a continuing record 
of people as they go up. Do you do you have a schedule for for each person that goes up in well, that day? It's it's uh no. No. That's <laughs> no, the uh, it's we don't first of all we don't have a tower. And and uh so people it, this is this is part of the freedom of our country is yeah. that you can travel when and wherever you want to go. And so at our airports Unlike some countries, you are free to get in your airplane and travel amongst the country wherever you want to go at any time, at any, you know, any time you want to go. And uh, now, if you're going to fly across country, you'll probably file a flight plan. Yeah. But you can fly VFR visually from point to point. And uh, usually that's not having to check in Do with anybody. Do you not know where all the other aircraft is well, at yes. a given time? Well, yes. Now, now the technology is so great. What Larry was talking about is inside the cockpit, the avionics, yeah. is so great. Uh, something called ADS-B came around. We went from a uh, radar-type surveillance and navigation and radio navigation to satellite-based. Mm-hmm. And now these pilots inside their cockpit have a screen, and not only do they see their aircraft represented on the map, but they can see all the other aircraft that are flying around them on the map as well. Not all aircraft have that technology, but that's coming in. The older aircraft don't have that capability. But everything now, uh, if you have any type of modern avionics and instrumentation, You've got some sort of ADS-B screen where you can see the other aircraft, and it's it's a beautiful thing. It, it is instructing you too. If there's a if it senses that there's going to be a conflict with another aircraft, it's giving you warnings. It's it's amazing thing, and also incorporates weather. So as you're flying along and there's a storm coming into your scope, uh, you can see that that this is part of the safety that Larry was talking about, and yeah. and and. The better information that pilots have is just tremendous. Uh, on those screens, too, we've incorporated so much information that we used to fly. You, asked to, you as a pilot, would have to carry this huge bag of books <laughs> and maps and charts and all these things with you, which you would have to get into the bag and unfurl a map. And I don't know if you've ever tried to fold and then unfold and then fold a map. <laughs> yeah. You can't do it. Uh, so that you're doing this in a cockpit while flying and bouncing around. Now all that information is is just at, uh, just at your fingertips that you can pull up that information. You can pull up if, if uh, there is weather coming in and you're flying over Murfreesboro, that's not your destination. But you think we need to, we need to land at Murfreesboro because the weather's coming in. You can literally push a button and get all the information about the airport that you need to know. Is there what is the gas prices? Is there coffee available? Is there a what courtesy the, card? What would be the gas price of, of a, a per gallon or how per gallon? Yeah, per gallon. I believe right now we're around uh, five dollars on Avgas uh-huh. and three fifty or so on Jet A. So what is the gas mileage when you, you fly up? Depends on how fast you go. Yeah. And which way the wind is blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Is it against you or with you? Yeah. Well, uh, the weather, that's one thing. that The only thing I ever worried about when I see a plane up there is the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have the uh, authority to stop aircraft from leaving during certain type storms? It is a pilot's decision. The best I can do, and, and the only thing that that ever comes close to that is if we do have uh, ice, mm-hmm. uh, if the if the runway conditions are so poor yeah. that we cannot uh, ensure that we have safe operations, 
we can shut down the airport. We could close the airport because of ice or, or debris on the runway or something like that. And does that mean that there would still be people there at the airport? Well, there would still be people, but yeah. there would just not be any flying. What if you have someone that is calling in, I've got to land, and the conditions are not good at the time? Well, well, what would you do? Well, you'd, you'd, uh, the airport is their best option. Yeah. And if Murfreesboro is the only thing that they can make, then, then uh, we'd, we'd give them a a report of what the conditions of the runway are, and and hopefully they could adjust. I think that would be the safest safest option because of the open field. Do you have a, a relationship? Do you have a relationship <laughs> with? We have a number of landing places mm-hmm. in Rutherford County. Yeah. And I'm sure some of the guys that do that probably go by mm-hmm. in the mornings and have sure. coffee with yeah. so, Do you have a relationship, uh, a safety relationship with all of those guys? Oh, absolutely. It's an ongoing conversation with all of them. Yeah. I'm going to take my headphones off because uh, somebody is, <laughs> is trying to get my attention. Yeah. Oh, I can answer that question. I can answer that question. All right. I can't believe you actually shared the microphone with me. I actually One thing, and you, you mentioned this, you talked about our airport does not have a tower, mm-hmm. uh, and we're talking about the avionics and mm-hmm. those types of things. For an average person that's not a pilot and doesn't understand aviation like me, the way you all do, um, with the... Um, number of flight operations mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. coming out of the airport on a daily basis. What, func- from a functional standpoint, how do pilots know when they can take off, when they land? We're going to take a break in just a second <laughs> and let you come back and answer right. that. But the question being, how is it safe for people to know when to take mm-hmm. off and when to land? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good time for a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Where is the best barbecue in town? In 1920. East Main, the best barbecue for miles around. It's in 1920, East Main. You can buy it by the pound sandwich platter or plate. No matter what you choose, it will taste great. You can come with a friend by yourself or with a date. Just lick the pig barbecue. Barbecue pork, beef or chicken, Brunswick stew, great sides, lunch specials, down-home atmosphere, and they cater. Slick Slick Pig pig barbecue. barbecue. It's the best. 
Welcome back to Love League. It's time for Jack to meet our final contestant, April Games. April is a fun-seeking Aries who loves fresh flowers, afternoon showers, and winning. April, describe your perfect night. Well, Bob, I like to pick up some instant games, find my favorite lucky coin, and see where the night takes me. Oh, okay. Well, Jack, who will it be? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take April Games, Bob. It's hard not to pick a winner when you pick April Games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Get ready to knock down some fun with new multiplier instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Four great games that can multiply your next win into big money. Play for a dollar, two dollars, five dollars, or ten dollars for your chance to win up to a million in cash. Pick up a multiplier game today, and with a little luck, your cash could do some serious math. Multiplier games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game changing fun. Please play responsibly. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. This is Scott. It's now time to make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center where they exclusively specialize in us men and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has really reinvented the doctor's visit and they make it quick and easy for us men to get in and get all of our levels checked out, not just our testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all your numbers that are in important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain or loss of muscle mass, they could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. So book your annual wellness exam today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's Healthcare. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Now that most children are back in school, Rutherford County Juvenile Court Judge Donna Scott Davenport said there's been an increase in child sexual abuse reports. Yeah, we're seeing an increase because it's being noticed, or we have a child that will disclose to a trusted person at the school, or it could be somebody at the church that makes a referral, you know, or a grandparent. During this COVID, they weren't seeing grandparents. Because if they were older, they couldn't because of the threat of getting sick. Being back open again is helping us to have that. And a lot of children, their grandparents are their lifesavers. And sometimes it's their teachers. During the peak of the COVID pandemic, most children were out of school and listed as distant learners. Police departments all over the country reported an increase of package delivery personnel reporting what they saw as child abuse crime. Laverne Board of Mayor and Alderman appointed Megan Honeycutt to the board as a new alderman. She replaces former Vice Mayor Melissa Brown, who resigned in March and will serve out the remainder of the term, which ends in November of 2022. The board also voted to name a new Vice Mayor, Alderman Steve No, who served on the board since his appointment there in 2018 and later was elected as an alderman in 2020. Rutherford County equestrians will be happy to know that tickets are on sale for this year's Iroquois Steeple Chase. 
The annual event is returning to Percy Warner Park on Saturday, June 26th. Last year's event was COVID canceled. Organizers say they've been working with Metro Public Health and the Metro Parks Department to create a safe environment for fans to attend this year's race. When news breaks, we tweet it. Just follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell's self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, right here on News Radio WGNS. Good neighbor weather. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. We'll see a few spotty showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with a blend of clouds and sunshine developing high in the mid-70s. Winds out of the southwest gusting as high as 25 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier 6 on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. (laughs) Welcome back to the Truman Show. I am not Truman Jones. I'm Ronnie Martin. He has surrendered the... uh, They're still playing music, so... Oh, yeah, it's because they're waiting for me to stop talking. So... um, (laughs) To pick back up where we left off, I had just asked. Um, I do. Thank you, Truman. Appreciate that. Uh, we were talking about Murfreesboro having a general aviation airport, uh, not having a tower, um, and you know, for us to be um, as busy of an airport as we are from an operation standpoint because of our partnership with MTSU and, and the training that MTSU does. Um, for the average person that is not a pilot, how do we keep those operations safe? How do mm-hmm. pilots know when to take off, when to land? Um, help us with that. Okay. Well, majority of the airports across our country do not have controlled towers. So uh, how that how that works is there is a pattern, and the the air the pilots are communicating on a common radio frequency usually called the CTAF or the Unicom frequency, and uh, they announce themselves where they are in the pattern and what their intentions are. So there are certain legs to this pattern, kind of like a NASCAR track. Uh, there are certain turns that they're going to make and they're going to announce. And it's a, it's a very much of a, an announce, see, and recognize the, the planes in the pattern as you go around and communicate. So it's a very much a... Uh, uh, 
like even at a tower, so much of it is about communicating properly mm-hmm. amongst ourselves. It's a very social thing in that you have to communicate correctly and 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 understand what that is. Another pilot in the pattern, you have to understand what that, that pilot is saying and where he is and recognize that. So uh, visually, I need to see you when you make your announcement. And also now, when we go back to that avionics, I'm going to see you on my screen too. Because believe it or not, it is it is very difficult at times. You have the sun at different uh, angles and things like that. It's very difficult sometimes to see the aircraft, even with our, our uh, obstruction lights and flashing lights and all that going. It can be difficult to see each other. So the communication... Uh, looking for each other, and then our avionics all all help us. I'm surprised that Ronnie didn't ask you this question. <laughs> so the future is always the biggest concern on something like that that can go on to another level. And mm-hmm. we're talking about an airport and mm-hmm. all the air traffic that we have here. Right. Uh, where do you look when you're going to expand and what all is it going to take for you to go on to that next level or two, maybe two or three levels above where you are? Do you contact the FAA with somebody like uh, Larry, who's an expert? And you, you, well, don't laugh. Uh, Larry, I mean, you really are an expert. That's and what, you've been yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you have covered uh, airlines and, and, and all types of aircraft and everything else that are involved, is Murfreesboro going to end up with something like a major airport, and how long is it going to be before we get there? Larry? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No. 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 All right. Tell me why. Well, there's no reason to. Of course, you got Smyrna. Smyrna can grow. You know, some, some cities have these airports that they open up air carriers uh, and outlying airports like I can't think of any right now well uh, in Tampa the old uh, uh, the the airport for Tampa is Tampa International and then there's one over at Clearwater that there are some airlines going into Punta Gorda has airlines going in that's a small wow small air yeah uh, so if that ever happens, it would be Smyrna because of the runway length and the clear zone. Yeah, even the major <clears throat> planes can land there. The largest planes can land. There. Yeah, seven forty-seven land there. Yeah, that's that's unbelievable. Do you do you see Smyrna growing? Oh yeah, uh, uh, and they have the the land over there to grow. They do, and they are growing. Yeah, by leaps and bounds. Yeah, uh, uh, John Black, he's done a great job. He has. There. And, of course, uh, you had uh, Steve Fitzhugh before him. Yeah. And uh, it, that airport has been blessed, hasn't it? It has. Oh, <laughs> you, you had the Ridleys over there fighting for it and all, yeah. all the other major and, people. And Nashville wanted it, then they didn't want it. So Smyrna, uh, the airport authority, took it over. And it really grew after that. When Nashville had it, it really wasn't growing much. It was kind of a stepchild. Yeah. You know, right now, what corporate flight management, which is called Contour now, they're one of the largest uh, air taxi or s- operators of small aircraft in yeah. the country. Now, they have 80 or 90 airplanes now, I think, scattered all over the country with scheduled flights out in 
California and places like that. You think uh, airplanes will be like cars in the, in the future? <laughs> I know that there's a lot of subdivisions down in Florida and, and Texas and some of the other areas where they have their own uh, uh, planes instead of cars that they land there after doing their business yeah, and, yeah. and then they're back home again. Are we going to see anything like that? Because of the expense and uh, no, I don't think we're going to see a lot of that. <clears throat> the one in Florida and Daytona is called Spruce Creek, and it has uh, you can land there and taxi to your airplane, taxi to your house. Uh, there's a couple around here in, in Tennessee, maybe four or five houses on it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I've I've seen them and yeah. been on them. But does the FAA have any authority? Um, maybe for safety reasons or whatever, of being able to control those uh, places that are very unusual as far as, as the flight patterns and things like that. Well, you have to, uh, if you want to have a landing place, even a heliport, you have to uh, basically fill out a form and send it to the FAA, and they come out and look at it and decide whether it is... Uh, Good use of navigable airspace. Yeah, you could still probably land there, but uh, because of insurance reasons, if you had an accident, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. They can't really stop you from landing on your own air, own farm or whatever. Yeah. But the rule is, if it's a, uh, I think it's more than 30, 30 days a year, you have to register it with it. With the uh, FAA. When you're investigating an accident, are you more likely to be looking at the plane itself, something happened with it, or pilot error? Well, both, yeah. <clears throat> Do you get any pressure from the uh, airline companies when you're looking at a, an investigation like that? No. Like happened to, to Sully. I mean, um, it seemed like he was being backed in a corner early, if that movie was correct. That was a little fictionalized. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Hollywood? It looked no. good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Uh, a lot of times the uh, accidents I work because of funding, FA and TSB, the insurance company pays for a lot of things. They pay for getting it out of the water, pay for tearing the engine down, stuff like that. And I'm sure the insurance company has a number of attorneys that probably are. They're usually uh, what we call participants. They're there, but uh, (laughs) you know, I've done some out here, matter of fact. And uh, the insurance company has had an adjuster there, and they paid for a local mechanic to take it apart, and we looked at see what was wrong with the engine. Yeah, most of us uh, know Chad. Know that he he's extremely qualified to be running this airport. Um, he is. I'm surprised he's not running LaGuardia or something like that, you know. <laughs> I guess he wouldn't want to live in there. <laughs> 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 make that Fort Lauderdale or uh, yeah. Orlando, maybe. Yeah, you you could make $500,000 a year uh, doing that and still have a hard time paying for your house. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how would you say, that for the people that are listening that live in uh, 
in the city of Murfreesboro, close to close to where the airport is. Quit looking at your watch, Chad. <laughs> Chad's got an appointment. Yeah, right? yeah I, I have peripheral vision. Most people yeah, you ought to be a pilot. Yeah, yeah. thank you very you much. Look this way and land over here. Uh, if you were rating one to ten the safety of the Murfreesboro Airport to the community, how would you how would you rate that? Well, it's and a, why? it's a safer safer than any. You have to have what's called clear zones, mm-hmm. and he can tell you more about that. But and. Uh, of course, this airport was, when you lived on the Eventide, before you bought that house, you knew the airport was there, didn't you? I, I told you. I was right in the, <laughs> yeah. the exact uh, flight pattern. So if, if, if you buy a house close to an airport, it's, you're going to have some noise. Especially, you know it never bothered me? Yeah. Never. Well, like right here, you don't have any noise because yeah. the approach path is over across the street. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I used to live in Bellwood, and I knew there was a train over there, and it was going to make noise, you know, especially when that midnight train to Georgia came through, you know, <laughs> at midnight. You never worried about it running over your house. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to have some noise. And it, the, the noise is perceived louder than it really is because the noise from these little airplanes are no louder than a lawnmower next to your house. Of course, yeah. you don't want a lawnmower next to your house at 6 in the morning or, and constantly. Yeah. But jets, there was some concern that jets were going to start landing here. They've been landing here since the 60s. And the new modern jets are really quieter than proper airplanes. Are you talking about something the size of maybe a Learjet? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's three jets based out here. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. But are, 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 Chad, are they on a, a, a time zone? Of, are it, is there a time for a plane to leave uh, at, in, in the middle of the night? Can Is it 24 hours a day, I guess I should Absolutely. Say. Our, our system of airports across the country are open 24 hours a day. You know, for example, LifeLight operates whenever called um there there is one of the companies that has a a jet out here uh does freight Mm -hmm. and and they're on kind of on call so whenever they have to haul freight or go somewhere to pick up freight that could be one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning they'll they'll pull out of here or be landing as they come back in town is that Uh, a business that they pay in to the airport uh they they pay for those yeah they lease space from the airport and buy yeah. fuel but uh those businesses are are uh individual private businesses but but they can do they have to pay to be at that airport yeah if they, it's, if it's a private business right yeah. right they they pay rent yeah. uh, to rent hangers or rent a tie down or rent space out there to to do their business here they don't have to pay uh, landing fees. <laughs> I can't believe you shared this with me twice in one day. Um, so we talked about an airport being open 24 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. Do we have the ability to restrict when people land and take off? That's a, that's a uh, interesting conversation because uh, our, our system of airports, not, we're not just talking about Murfreesboro, but right. all of our airports, most of them are federally funded. And this, the idea is for us to have a system of airports that are open for people to travel, for commerce to come and go. So that's, uh, our, that's the mission uh, of these airports. 
And as a community, when we build an airport, we're using federal funds, we have to um, sign an agreement. A grant with them, and those grants are good for, I think, around 20 years, and some extend even further. And with it come grant assurances, mm-hmm. otherwise known as red tape. But what that says is that we have to operate that airport in certain standards. And uh, so, uh, for example, uh, I can't. This community cannot make a lease agreement with one particular company to have an exclusive right. They're the only ones that can use the airport. This airport has to be open to the public. So uh, there's all kinds of – I think there's around 32 grant assurances that we have to comply with. So as communities, and there's communities in California and some in Florida who have tried to restrict uh, certain operations, and most of those have to do with larger air carriers and things like that. But when we restrict, uh, it's a very much a a, – difficult discussion to have with the FAA mm-hmm. because especially for the smaller aircraft that we have here um, it, it's we're, we're not in that realm of operations and types of aircraft that really are going to be uh, under the guise of restrictions they hate restrict FAA does not like restricting uh, the use of those airports so conceptually, it's not as easy for us to say, no. hey, you know, this is um, – this plane's waking me up, whether it be mm-hmm. early in the morning or right. late at night. Right. It's not as easy as saying, hey, you can't fly during no. these periods of time. It's no. not as much of a local decision for us to say we just don't want that in our community right. because of some of the guidelines, federal mm-hmm. restrictions we have on having mm-hmm. a 24-hour mm-hmm. airport right. that we have. Right, right. I think that's good to know. Mm-hmm. What is the relationship – uh, between uh, the airport and, and the city government. So Truman Jones is asking uh, Chad Gerke, <laughs> what is the relationship between <laughs> the, the city government and the airport? And yes. so uh, I'll take the best shot I can and then ask Chad to bail me out of that, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, the, the airport is a uh, municipal asset. It's an asset of the citizens of the city of Murfreesboro. Um, it was, it's been here for, what, 70 years since 1952? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Um, it was originally built outside the city limits. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it serves a variety of uses that a lot of people are not aware of uh, related to, you know, businesses that fly in to check on industry here. Um, we've got some local businesses that utilize the airport, so the the commercial activity has picked up. But by and large, um, and and Chad can correct me on this, you know, MTSU has been the the largest, um, you know, user of that airport for maybe the last 20 Mm years-ish, Chad? Mm -hmm. Yes. And so, you know, it's been a great partnership to have um, a – a local airport that could be utilized from an operation standpoint, you get the benefit of um, the academic growth that has occurred with students wanting to have the opportunity to, you know, learn to be pilots. Uh, the MTSU is, has got a nationally recognized program there that has certainly helped Murfreesboro from the standpoint of um, being recognized for, for that program to be here. But, you know, from the standpoint of um, the relationship between the two, you know, I think that within uh, Chad's ability to help guide us as a council, 
Um, it's to make sure that, you know, the council's role is to make sure it's a safe airport, just like that would be Chad's objective, and to make sure that it is serving the community broadly, um, which is what it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. He, he covered it really well. The, uh, yeah. in, in the FAA speak, the city of Murfreesboro is the sponsor, is the owner. And uh, so all of our agreements and contracts and, and arrangements with the FAA is always through the city of Murfreesboro. And that's where the council is the ultimate authority uh, for any of the grants that we sign and, and all that. So everything has to go through council. Now, when people call you and, and complain about noise, mm-hmm. You you have very little uh, movement that you can do as far as lessening the noise mm-hmm. un- unless you uh, put on new tailpipes or something yeah. like that. <laughs> Actually, to be perfect, since I just said that, I don't know why, yeah. there's more noise on the street than <laughs> there is anything yeah. close to what's in the air. Yeah. Um, that's you know, and that's and that's kind of what we're we're doing right now is because there is a pilot shortage. We've seen this increase in interest in in pilotage, and mm-hmm. and so these students are enrolling in the MTSU Pro Pilot Program. Yeah. So this is a new thing to us, and this uh, increase in student activity just in the last four years. MTSU and their Pro Pilot Program had 389 students. This year they enrolled 889. Wow. So how do we handle that? As a, as a community, as an airport, as a university, we all have to work together. And that's where we're really entering into that conversation now because it's grown quite quickly. And from the university standpoint and everything that we hear in the industry, there's going to be a pilot shortage for some time. Now, right now, we, we're, we're, we're sitting in a period of COVID and, and lockdown, and the airlines have probably had some of the worst years that they've ever had in a, in a long time. But Did it, you send a letter to Fauci and, and thank <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in the near future, as we open up and, and as people get ready to travel again, these airlines are already starting to open up, and we're going to have uh, – we're going to get right back into the pilot yeah. shortage thing. We were, we were talking to uh, uh, a local uh, young man and his family. Uh, he's a pilot for UP- UPS. Mm-hmm. He flies internationally. And he was talking about all the opportunities he has had to fly this year. Mm-hmm. UPS, FedEx pilots, because they're essential and they're part of the, uh, uh, you know, sh- the system to get us all our parts and medical supplies and all that. They've been going like Christmas this whole year. Mm-hmm. So the need and the demand on those pilots are tremendous. They're also getting paid very well while they do this and they take on those yeah, extra routes. Yeah, so you paid overtime. Yeah. yeah, so don't feel too sorry for them. But uh, he's talking about they don't have enough pilots and they're trying to bring them through training. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many seats and so much availability in that in That's their right. training program. And simulators and things. And all that. So um, there is going to be this demand. So how do we how do we as a community deal with this as a with a collegiate program that's well known and all that? And uh, Dr. McPhee has entered into this conversation and uh, very well and uh, is trying to to come up with answers and solutions to that. Um, yeah. So I see uh, all the airlines are starting to hire again, especially the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you forgot about primary. That's not really an airline, but they. Bought, I think, 100 airplanes, and they're leasing it back to Southern Air, which is part of a company that owns Southern Air and Atlas Air. Mm-hmm. I see Primary maybe starting their own air carrier before long, like UPS did. Wow. 
so they have control of it. <clears throat> but with 100 airplanes, that's uh, that's a lot of pilots. And that's just in this area. You're talking about yeah. FedEx in Memphis, UPS in Louisville, and primary is, is Cincinnati. Cincinnati, which is northern Kentucky airport. Yeah. So what you're saying, there's going to be a whole lot more traffic in the air around here once you get going again. Yeah. Well, we're all, MTSU is already going. They never stopped. I mean, COVID hit. Uh, they they stopped operations as we as we entered into yeah. uh, March and April of last year. They slowly, as the summer went on, they did bring back some of their smaller classes and smaller flight labs, and experimented with how do we how do we bring in a hundred students that use thirty aircraft and instructors and, and have all these people that are in and out of these small aircraft, how do we do that and keep them safe with COVID? And at the time, we all didn't know if you caught it by touching things or breathing <laughs> things or sneezing on things. You know, what what is it? Um, so it went through that ex- all summer. They kind of There's experimented. no mathematical certainty to any of that. No, exactly. So by fall, they felt conf- confident in their procedures and, and opened back up. And in the fall, also brought in another increase in students of some 20% or so. Yeah. So they're trying to meet that demand in the industry, but then there is a capacity at our airport. So here's here's the conflict mm-hmm. of, of a huge demand in this industry, mm-hmm. a university that has a great program well known for it, and uh, uh, an affordable, if you can call flight training <laughs> affordable, <laughs> they have an affordable <laughs> program. And they're based at an airport that has a limited capacity. Yeah. And so that's why we're entering. We're not. We're, we're about a year away from entering into a new airport layout plan where we take a look at meeting all these FAA criteria and things like that. But we're, we're entering into a study to try to see what is our, what is our capacity mm-hmm. given these operations, given these demands for the community and by this university and by the industry. How do we, how do we, work all this yeah. and so that's where we're going to be coming up with some standards uh that that make just comply to uh, apply that the university can use there's going to be some standards that the airport will will have to uh set that will apply to everybody that operates out of that airport and then how do we communicate those things and we'll be communicating with the faa various different groups in the faa that uh, they have to be along with this conversation too and approve what we're doing because in their mind, that's restricting the use of that airport. So they have to be along with that concept as well and know why we're doing it and, and sign off on it. So that's that's kind of what we're entering in right now. Do you have a contract with the university itself? Yeah, well, it's leases, leases, uh, land leases, hangar leases. How it's far a, uh, ahead do you have that contract working? It's It's another 20 to 25 years. It's a long-term lease agreement. Well, I, I would presume there would be adjustments. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, we make we make adjustments on a regular basis. But yeah. yes, yeah. <clears throat> there's times where you can. Uh, I, I believe it's almost like every five years you can take a look at that, and 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 the adjustments could come from either party. It could come from the city, or it could come from the university. You know, uh, and always a concern with any group, especially university, is funding could cut off on a department you know at any moment mm-hmm. uh, the the, the uh, university lives and dies on state funding and so uh, that an aerospace department could be a, a huge thing one day and 
not a thing that they want to do anymore in the next day. So that's always a concern. Uh, but I think this this MTSU is well known for their aerospace. I think they're gonna it's gonna continue and thrive. It's just how do we deal with this demand of industry, and given our constraints. And they are <coughs> growing so fast. They have classes, classroom classes that start at six o'clock in the morning. In the terminal building, they lease part of the terminal building for a classroom, <clears throat> and they're working seven days, flying seven days a week, mm-hmm. all day long. What will happen? You were talking about eight hundred mm-hmm. uh, uh, students, and if that triples in those type of numbers, which not wouldn't wouldn't really be that that uh, um, long as far as in the future, from what I can understand, yeah. what you're saying. It seems, but that is the career that a lot of people are moving towards. Sure, yeah, sure. Uh, it's attractive. Uh, it's an attractive major and yeah. attractive career. No, what not would, a, what, what, yeah. Yeah, Ted. What would uh, uh, Larry? What would that do uh, as far as the FAA is concerned? Would would that be something that the airways around here could handle? Oh, yeah. They can handle it. Yeah. Uh, Separation, of course. And as far as FAA, they are hiring. uh, They went for years and years not hiring any inspectors. And and they're hiring inspectors like crazy right now all over the country. How much airtime do you have to have to be an inspector? You have to have the equivalent 1,500 hours on ATP, Airline Transport Policy Certificate. And for general aviation, you have to be a flight instructor. For air care, you don't. Yeah, but to be an inspector is, is there's a lot to learn. Yes. Far, it, 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 to me, I've always told you it's an impossibility, but I knew better because I've seen you at work. Uh, but <laughs> not everybody is suited for that type of work. No. It, it, it is. Uh, when I first became an inspector, I was in Alaska and Juneau, and we had an accident probably every week. You know, oh back then. <clears throat> uh, it's it's a lot less now, maybe one a month, but there's a lot of accidents up there, and it's because of the weather and and uh, pushing the weather. Yeah. But they're getting a lot better. The future looks good for Murfreesboro Airport. Absolutely, it, absolutely. And it's not going to slow down. No. But it's critical to have good managers like yeah. you. Ben. Well, thank you, because director. Director. <laughs> He's getting a man. He's getting an assistant. Yes. He needs two. Yes. Needs somebody to answer he's the phone. Directing that one person. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He's directing. Uh, six or seven hundred people work at the airport now. Is that right? There's around two hundred people that are employed at the airport. Yeah. Not not wow. for the city. We've only got a small staff, but the different businesses that are out there between the university and all that. There's over two hundred people. Yeah. That are employed. And the college has I don't know how many flight instructors. Yeah. You know, they're part time, but they are employed. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's unknown to yeah. most people in the community. Right. They don't realize how important that mm-hmm. airport is to, yeah. to every one of us. Yeah. Anybody want to say hi or bye, so because we've run out of time. <laughs> We're good, Truman. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Chad wants to thank all the the residents in Murfreesboro yeah. for supporting. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Larry? What? 
Right. Do you want to say uh, bye or something? Uh, say bye to, to uh, Steve Lane down in, in, in Florida. Well, he's probably not listening because he told me last night he was out on his boat. So <laughs> That's not a boat. That's a ship. It is. Yeah. yeah. He's out somewhere in the Gulf. And, and, and he's probably uh, scrubbing but, on but the floor. When he gets back, he'll probably pull this up and listen to it. Yeah, I, I hope he does. Well, I ought to call him up and put him on the air, but he wouldn't answer the phone. <laughs> <clears throat> what about you, Ronnie Martin? I appreciate it. NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Since 1981, Willow Windows has been making homes beautiful all over Tennessee, from decks and railings to doors and windows. Visit WillowWindow.pro. Willow Window, the official sponsor of the WGNS Studios. WillowWindow.pro. 